Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And what's up, everybody? Hope you all are having an amazing year, week, day, all the above. It's early in the week or whenever you're listening to it, I hope it's good. Anyway, I'm so excited because we have one of my favorite humans here and our Adweek social media director, Sammy Lambert, here to talk about social media trends and what all we should be doing with our socials because you guys are getting crazy. So we're going to break all that down. And then we also have my former intern, um, <laughs> Emmy Lederman here, who was the editorial director at Hashtag Paid, who is also here to share her expertise and advice on what we all should be doing this year in 2024. So if you like social, if you want to just hang out, if you want to just know what is going on, this is the place for you. So let's get into today's episode and yeah, we're going to break it all down. Sammy, baby. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Oh my God. Holland, baby. So happy to be here. <laughs> and everybody, your favorite nemesis, Emmy, is also here. <laughs> Emmy, are you ready to get toxic? <laughs> is this the actual intro? I just don't. Oh my I just God. can't. <laughs> Sammy, before we get into everything today, um, to walk us through your Spotify wrap of 2023. Like, who were your top three artists? Give us a song. Oh my God. I had, um, I had Louis of Man, who I think I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but put on an amazing show in Brooklyn this year. And then I really listened to it a lot, him a lot before the show, and then really a lot after the show. I think Neil Francis was on there. I think Fred again was on there. Yeah, I'm a basic house girly. I love to see it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember who else was on there, but I thought I'm more of a um, song person than an artist person. I realized this year, like I listen to a lot of playlists and not the same artist over and over and over again. So I think my rap really reflected that. It's giving uh, range. Is it? We I love hope to so. see it. <laughs> okay, next question that we're getting into. Before we get into all the cool social things you're into now, who were some creators or platforms and things that um, you followed that really inspired you? Okay. 
I mean, I've been on the internet a long time now, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I'm turning 30 in a few days, so Ooh. I'm definitely up there, <laughs> getting up there. Um, but I think the height of my internet experience was my Tumblr days. I love Tumblr. Like, nothing beat Tumblr in, I guess, 2013, 14, when I was in high school and college. I just loved it. I love the community. I love that you didn't follow people that you knew. Also loved Vine. Absolutely loved Vine. Um, I think it made people be so creative. And I was a big, I was following a lot of YouTubers earlier on in high school too. So I think YouTube, Tumblr, and Vine really like built me into the social media person that I am today. I love it. Did you, like, what were, who were, like, are there any videos or accounts? Like, I feel like 26, nothing hits, like, 2016 YouTube with all the, like, beauty girlies on the Tart Trip. That's true. What an era. What an era. Okay, Tart Trip was definitely not in 2016. Is that what Did, you just say? Yeah, didn't they have one in 2016? Oh, my God, I don't remember. I don't Maybe. Remember ah! <laughs> I'm just thinking about the most recent influencer trip. Uh, yeah, early YouTube River days, I remember I used to follow, like, Grace Helbig and Tyler Oakley, like that oh crew. Oh my gosh, Tyler. I know. Oh. Where are they now? I mean, actually, I still follow them, so I know where they are now. But <laughs> some people are just nostalgic, you know, and you keep following them. But I definitely followed that kind of Emma Chamberlain. I remember oh, yeah, I used yeah, yeah. to watch her videos all the time back when she was just like hanging out at home. So yeah, those early YouTube days were the best. The vlogging. Oh my gosh. Do you remember Vlogmas? How everybody did that every yes. December? Also the challenges of like oh, have my or Jenna Marbles. Oh, oh miss her. I miss yeah. her. But yeah, having like, oh, let my boyfriend do my makeup challenge or like things like that. Oh those are the days. To, oh my gosh, I forgot about those. Yeah. Those were the days. Uh, what an air. Yeah. I also also used to love Live Lava Live. Mitchell Davis. I don't know. Maybe he's more like underground. <laughs> I don't know. I was obsessed with him. Oh, my God. Oh my he God. was like the epitome of like it kind of coincided, obviously, with Tumblr. If you any listeners, if you know who I'm talking about, Live Lava Live fans, rise up. But yeah, <laughs> those are my like prime YouTube days. Oh, my gosh. OK, now like getting into it. Did you study social media? How did you how did you start to like get into it career wise? Mm hmm. I think in college I studied communications and sociology, um, but people always said, you know, do what you love, do what you like doing in your spare time. And I was like, oh, obviously I'm going to go into social media because that's what I do in my spare time and that's what I love to do. Um, so I started pretty early on, like in my college career. I remember I was running my university social pages. I like got an internship and then a job at the school running their social pages. I interned at VH1. I started their Snapchat account. Whoa. Yeah, they gave me honestly a ton of responsibility. Shout out, I mean, to all the people who worked at VH1 who really let me do whatever I wanted. I ran their Vine account and their Snapchat account during my time there. I did two separate summers, like six months total. Um, and also a bunch, they had like Twitter and Facebook pages for every like TV show that they had at the time. So I remember I was running like the Candidly Nicole Twitter oh my Facebook gosh, page. Oh Yeah, show. Nicole, you watched it? I did. No way. No, the funniest episode was the one where they're in, uh, in downtown LA at night and she's like, excuse me, bonsoir. <laughs> and her friend's like, first of all, that means good night. And second of all, we're in downtown LA. <laughs> I can't believe you watched that show. That's so funny. But yeah, I felt really cool like in college running those pages. But um, I think that's how I got mostly into social media was like pre like I already knew. And in college, I remember I was so I was like, oh, social wasn't as big of a job back then as it is now. Like I think 
places were just or companies were just and brands are starting to realize like they need to hire full time social media staff. And a lot of times it was just the interns at the beginning running things. Luckily, at VH1, they had a whole social team like it was so big and um, under what was then Viacom. But so many other places didn't. So it's been crazy. Like I didn't really see and still now it's hard to see a future in social media because it doesn't really exist. Like you start as a social editor. And back then, that's all there was. There was just like a social media manager, you know, and the upward mobility like in corporate was almost non-existent. So it's been cool to see over the last, you know, 10, 15 years that it's starting to finally get recognized as like a real job. And, you know, there's layers to it and there's upward mobility now in terms of like working in corporate um, or working for a brand. And I think social media managers are going to be the next, you know, CMOs because they're really doing it all there. And how did you get an internship there? Like I know where it started, it's like spring, so everybody's going to be looking at internships. And I know that's like the number one question where people are like, how did you get an internship at like yeah. an MTV or a VH1? Well, back then it was a Vi- Viacom has a really great internship program. Um, I guess now it's Paramount Plus internship programs. It's amazing. You don't, I, I don't recall, I don't think you got to choose exactly where, like I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do social media for VH1. You kind of, I hope I'm remembering this right, but you kind of choose like your general interests and they pair you up with a specific internship. So I don't know if they do it the same way now, but like I could have gotten anything. And I think that internship doing specifically social and for VH1 was like life changing for me. Um, And I wish I went back and worked there full time, but you know, I ended up living abroad for a while. <laughs> I ended up living in Budapest. <laughs> ended up living in Budapest for five years instead after backpacking Europe. So, like, I definitely, um, I was always wondering, like, what if I just went home and started my career right away? Now I don't regret it at all, but it was such a fun, interesting, like, experience and job. So, um, yeah, very grateful. But internships, they really do help. And that one was paid, and they should all be paid. That part. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the hardest part. Like, a lot of times it's, like, you hear about, like, your friends and stuff as you're in college or whatnot being like, oh, yeah, I got this great internship here. But where you find it and, like, how you get it is kind of, like, sometimes gatekept where it's like, okay, how did you even apply for that? How did you get yeah. that? And it's not – versus I feel like now it's – there's so many ways, but I feel like – when we were coming through, it was a lot harder to figure out, like, okay, how do I even get an internship over here? And I can't get that entry-level job because I didn't do an internship for, like, yeah. three or four years in this area. I feel, I feel like now it's kind of like everybody's, like... Yeah, I don't know. Of, I was a straight-A student and very heavily involved in activities and extracurriculars in high school and college, so I think it helped, like, boost my resume at the time, for sure. And I applied to a ton of internships for the summer, so... And I was doing internships on top of, like, schoolwork during the year as well. So I was really, like, you know, overachieving. Hopefully that's not the only way you can get it because I was tired. But (laughs) (laughs) I guess it worked out in the end. Now I'm like, how did I do all of that? Like, I can, you know, I don't have the energy anymore to do all that. And speaking of doing all that now, tell us what you're doing now. Like, I... I can't. Like, <laughs> your hands in so many things. Oh, even... wow. You're really hyping me up like, here. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, now I'm the director of social media here at Adweek with you. Woo. We love to see it. We love to work together. Um, what do I do? I mean, I run all of the social pages at Adweek, which is really fun. Um, there's a lot of editorial content that goes out, magazine issues that go out. We have events almost every month with um, – big CMOs and other people in corporate and also big talent. We have video that goes out. What else do we have? 
Uh, podcasts that go out basically anything ad week does we have mentorship programs there's so much stuff anything ad week does i do my (laughs) best to try to socialize it so um yeah if everyone's doing amazing work here and it's nice to like get it out there you know and what is something that you find uh fun about like bringing like editorial type content into a new way via social because i feel like that's a question a lot of people get where it's like how do you do social media for like a publishing company mm-hmm. or for a media company and make it kind of give it a second life by like kind of revitalizing it into a way that's translated to social? Yeah, I think it was fun to work on our Instagram page, which I think we've seen like the most growth since I've been here and kind of turning um, articles into a more visual um, aspect and turning like videos and commercials and put, putting them on there. Um I do shout out to Gabby, who I worked with last year, because we worked together to create kind of like templates for Instagram that I could easily use. And now her work is lived. I used it for so, so long. Um, And it's nice to, yeah, turn written word into a more visual aspect. I think that's been really cool. Um, And also, yeah, all of these amazing commercials and ads that these agencies are working on, it's nice to put them on a place where people are really into like how they got to be. So it's not just a commercial. Like these are people who want to see commercials. So it's nice to like start that discussion and see the engagement on there. And speaking of which, now we're coming into the second part of the conversation where Emmy's coming back. Hi, Emmy. Emmy, welcome back. Um, You guys, I just want to talk about creator trends. Like what are some things that you noticed a lot of creators were doing? Like Sammy, I know like you've worked with our creator programs. I know like Emmy, you cover the creator economy, what are some things that you are seeing that a lot of creators were doing in 2023 that you think are going to carry on and like kind of set the tone of the creator verse like in 2024 and moving forward? Emmy, you go first because I've been talking for a while now. <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to say that I would never say this to her face, but Sammy is my role model. And I love her. And Aww. she's feeling it. You're going to make me cry. Um, Okay, so one thing that I think is, like, definitely taking over social media, I feel like people are kicking, like, a lot of bad habits this year. Like, I know that's not new to, like, New Year, New Me, like, that type of mentality of going into New Year. Everyone says that they're going to, like, run a marathon or do all these crazy things. Um, But I feel like there was such a, like, glorification of, like, mental illness on social media Mm -hmm where people were like, oh, it's okay. Like kind of normalizing like depression and anxiety and being like, it's okay to not interact with someone for this amount of days. It's okay to do this, that. And I feel like now people are like, actually, you're going to feel a lot better if you wake up early, if you like prioritize healthy habits, if you like eat right. So I feel like we're finally starting to have this middle ground between like the girl boss era, which was like get up at 4 a.m. every day, run this amount of miles, like work for 12 hours straight and like kind of like treating yourself like garbage. We're trying to find like that healthy media. I also think that screen time is going to go down a lot this year because I see that I think a lot of people are like reevaluating their relationships with social media. No, I see that. So interesting. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. I mean, I, yeah, there's been a, there was definitely like a total shift from girl boss era to, like rotting era. <laughs> um, well, also just, yeah, glamorizing really unhealthy habits and unhealthy um, just everything. <laughs> um, and I do see, I mean, you don't have to be like a fitness influencer or like a mental health advocate to 
talk about real things. And I, I mean, you've reported on this a lot, Emmy, but um, I think just the open discussion about mental health has been really helpful. I mean, it's been hurtful in some ways, but also really, really helpful. And it's been nice to see people being more open about that on social. So I think that's definitely changing. What was the original question? Because I did have an answer to. Um, what is something that you saw being carried on in 2023 that's going to be moving on oh, this year? I think a lot of creators who are getting big, who like don't just have one viral moment, but actually have millions of followers. They've been really great at diversifying their content. So you see creators starting podcasts, you see them hosting red carpet interviews, you see them, you know, uh, having their own products or um, being in TV commercials or starting a YouTube channel. Um, I think we're going to definitely see more of that. But I think we're going to see more of that with fewer creators. Because I think not everybody can do that. It's just going to be too big. <laughs> the pool's going to be really, really big. And we only have so much viewing and spending power um, as individuals. So I think the people who do it and do it right are going to be um, amazing. And then everyone else will just have to keep, hold on to their day jobs. And I feel like also, like, going on that point, I feel like we definitely saw a lot of people, like, starting to scale it, like Drew and a few others who immediately, like, started doing podcasts mm-hmm. or um, – I'm trying to think of any others, but started doing a business versus I felt like uh, 10 years ago, it used to be like a few brand collabs or a few appearances. And then years down the road, they started creating their businesses versus I feel like now it's kind of like, okay, like we've got to figure out how to scale this momentum now. We can't wait a year, six months or whatever. Like we need to figure that out now. So I feel like we're now seeing that like um, pipeline from getting the idea to business come out a lot faster Mm -hmm. and really scale it compared to like years prior. Yeah. I also think there's going to be kind of a revival of long form content, not just for ad purposes, but I do think people are willing to pay attention for longer when they are like the person that they're listening to and are connected to the content and there is some sort of storytelling and engagement there. So I do think we're going to see like a comeback of maybe longer than a minute content. Um, And, you know, Instagram and TikTok, they've actually made the feature available a long time ago to do so. And I think they're going to be prioritizing that content. So I know we've been all about short form, short form, but I do think um, long form might be making a revival this year. We'll see if our attention spans can handle it. But I have a feeling. And that's the key. I feel like it is like people... Going back to that. Oh, not her cut me off. (laughs) (laughs) Go (laughs) The girls are fighting. (laughs) Go, Emmy. Go, Emmy. Not you having me on your podcast and not letting me speak. (laughs) I knew this was going to be a toxic episode. Emmy, I want to hear you speak. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Okay, so I just wanted to add on to what Sammy said because I thought it was a great point about, like, long-term content. I feel like the point of short-term content or the reason it was so desirable is because people love this instant gratification. But I think similarly to, like, being okay with having a slow burn or like, it's so sad to call like a 10 minute video a slow burn, but you know what I mean? Like looking at five minutes feels like a lot, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that way with like products too, like I'm so sick of people being like, Oh, got this like blah, blah, blah dupe, like for this amount of money. And I feel like there's this, like, because people are becoming more like eco-friendly and also just conscious like shoppers. I feel like some creators might struggle who do all these brand deals and are forcing new products on people, like a new skincare thing. Like every two weeks, I feel like people might be making bigger purchases just less often Mm -hmm. and are just going to be more aware of, I 
I was like watching this TikTok and this girl was like, how good does it feel to like be done with a face wash completely and be like, wow, I have nothing left. Like, let me go and get a new one um, instead of just kind of like stockpiling a bunch of product. Yeah. Another thing, I mean, this is similar but different, but I, for next year, one of my social predictions was that creators will definitely continue to dominate the ad industry through these partnerships, but they're going to have to be more intentional with like who they're partnering with and the content that they're producing. Because I think the last two years, people are just sick of these <clears throat> really generic kind of similar um, videos and posts about, you know, makeup or skincare or clothes. And we see through the ads and especially like Gen Z and even the younger generations, like they can see right through it, especially if there's no connection to the con to the product. So I do think like, you know, creators are still going to dominate the space, but they're going to have both the brand and the creator are going to have to be more creative and more unique when it comes to how they're going to be pushing the products. Because like Emmy said, like, you know, <laughs> we, people are more sustainable and more intentional with their purchases. And you're going to have to do more than like hold up a skincare brand to get people to buy it. So I, I think everyone is very creative. I think brands have a lot of ideas. I think creators have so many ideas and like they really know their audience. And the more brands trust the creators, the better the content's going to be. And I'm excited to see like where this is going to go from here. And I'm hoping that everyone is more intentional with um, who they're partnering and how they're going to get the message out and um, really look at like the morals and the values of the brands that they're working with to see if it's worthwhile um, to associate it with their personal brand. And I feel like we definitely saw a lot of brands like tighten their purse strings toward, uh, last year mm -hmm. about like what they're willing to spend and like what they're wanting from the creators. Because I feel like prior it was everybody was just like getting brand deals left and right and brands were like cutting their huge marketing budgets and like influencer, influencer, creator, creator and just like really pushing that. And I feel like 2023 they were like, okay, wait a minute. If we're giving them 10, 15,000 on whatever we need to see this level of performance. And I feel like we really started to see a lot of creators really have to step up like their quality mm -hmm. of it. So whether it's using their back of their iPhone or renting out spaces, but really having to elevate that content for brands to feel like, okay, we need to justify why we're giving these certain people like this trip or that trip. Like like for the, um, was it Abu Dhabi? The one that Alex Earl, Monet and all of them went on? Oh, yeah, the tart. Um, yeah, like yeah. how they all had to like, they were all pumping out like four or five TikToks like, honestly, an hour. Mm -hmm. And that probably wasn't part of the contract, but I felt like the brand expected, like, okay, you're here. Like, we need you to, okay, get to work. Kind of like how the creator houses where everybody, like, lives together and they're pumping out, like, videos starting at, like, 7 to, like, to like midnight. Mm -hmm. They're putting content out. So I feel like we're going to start to see that wave of brands being, like, all right, if we're doing all this, like, we need to see not just a cool, like, two-second video, but we need to see, like, an actual whether it's a sit down to talk to, but we need to see a high level of content and that's long form instead of just a quick like, oh, I'm here with the girls, like mm -hmm. <laughs> we're in Miami. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even, I, I don't even know. I mean, not, I'm a little conflicted about like whether the content has to be higher quality or I think it's just that the content has to be um, made for the right audience. Cause sometimes the, the if you do a high quality, the audience sees right through it and they're like, this is obviously commercially rather just see you the mm -hmm. way you are and like be, you know, the content that we usually see from you. But I do think yeah, everything just has to be a little bit more intentional because marketing budgets for creators are definitely way smaller this year. So yeah, everyone's going to have to work a little harder for that. But these creators, they're working their asses off. Like I think people think that it's easy 
And you have to, you know, film, edit. You need to script it. You need to plan it. You need to go places. Like, it takes a lot of work. Um, and I think the money's totally justified that they're getting paid for. But, um, yeah, we'll just have to see what happens, honestly. <laughs> I'm cu- I'm excited. I'm curious to know. Emmy, what are your thoughts? High quality, low quality? What's the vibe? Um, so I feel like there's always this back and forth between high and low quality. Um, I think that there's a lot of like low quality that just like doesn't need to be low quality, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't add like comedic value. It doesn't like make a brand look trendier than it is. It's kind of just like to seem relatable. So I feel like people are going to be more intentional of like why something is low quality versus high quality. Um, but I also think that people are like, they want to see like aesthetically pleasing content. I'm just thinking about how I just watched Saltburn and I need to get back to watching more movies because I my my attention span is like fucked up because of TikTok. <laughs> Wait, I'm so- not, to, not to bring up Saltburn, but no, like- that movie just triggering, you guys. Movie is, what? That movie, I can't. That was a fever dream. I haven't seen it. I mean, I'm so proud of you for watching a movie though. <laughs> Truly. Oh <my laughs> she God, never watches full movies. Why? <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, that's more TV. I do, I do like movies. TV feels like homework if I have to like watch episodes. That is so but, crazy. But um, I know, right? <laughs> but like, anyway, well, it was just Colin. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you would agree that like it was just shot so beautifully and cinematically, and I feel like it just like triggered something in me where I was like, I wish that I saw more of this like on social media. Mm. And you could say that probably about a lot of like shows and movies, but. I feel like people are just, they want to see, like, creators be artistic again. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting take. Yeah, I feel, yeah, it, it kind of goes to back to what you said earlier where people are wanting, to, like, I think you said, like, how brands are wanting creators to, like, really, like, expand and do more than just the typical, like, get ready with me as we get ready for this brunch with such and such brand or whatever. Like, people are wanting to see, like, not just behind the scenes, but really, like, make it your own and I feel like that's something that's like creator 101 whenever brand tie creators like a lot of times in the brief they'll get so specific and they'll restrict them from the creative process and so when they get the video or whatever back it's they're like wait this isn't engaging where's your personality and then creators are like you, you kind of took it from yeah me. you made me do all these things. yeah and I think I think get ready with me's work for a makeup brand for sure you're like what lip color are you wearing like you don't have to put the product in the video and people are going to ask and you're going to get like conversions from that. But think about the millions and bajillions of brands that are not skincare. Like they all want to be using creators. And I think that's where it gets a little bit difficult. If you're not a skincare brand or clothing brand, it's a lot harder to make these videos that don't have these for, like built in formats to how to sell the product. So I, yeah, I'm excited. And I think there's so much opportunity there to tap in to creators um, who aren't beauty creators. And I'm excited to see what comes from that. And hopefully, Emmy, like what Emmy said, we'll see some very artistic takes um, and we'll just see something new. Like I can't even predict it because I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I do think um, you guys know the smart glasses to record videos. Oh, Have yeah, you seen yeah. that? Mm-hmm. I do think maybe those will um, become more popular this year because they do seem pretty high quality and you don't have to use your hands. Quite frankly, they terrify me, but I can see that becoming a big trend this year of like, you know, you're glasses record the video um i don't know if i'm excited but i'm curious to see what that's gonna bring what kind of new content that will bring us um and yeah i don't know i feel like that might be like something very very new that we'll see i'm also curious to hear like what do you all think that like 
brands, like you said, Sammy, like everybody's not in the beauty space. So what is something that you feel that brands need to be doing more of this year to really create engaging context? I'm thinking mm-hmm. of people who are like, well, I'm not a lifestyle brand or I'm not this brand, but we want our social to be fun and enlightening and engaging and reach a different audience. Like I feel like obviously Duolingo is a really good example of that, like a language learning app that was able to kind of give it its own persona. But what about for like all the others are like, we want to kind of start building community too. Like, what are some things that you think they should be doing? Microsoft partners with this TikToker. She's like very um, sarcastic, dry, and she does the rebrands of popular brands. Do you know who I'm talking about? I literally follow her and just blanking on her name, but that they're doing such a smart partnership and they're a software company, you know, Microsoft, or I don't know what you would categorize it. <laughs> software electronics company. And they partnered with, um, a creator in a very natural way because she like reimagined their logo as being something like really funny and basic and they kind of like they changed their logo on TikTok and then every year they send her a sweatshirt for Christmas um, among a m- bunch of other ways that they work with her and the partnership is just very easy and natural and like the sweater this year I think it was like the classic like windows background and she loves it and she talks about them all the time and then when they have a new product they can send it to her and she so I think doing things like that like being so 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 intentional with the person that you're partnering with that like it's such a natural fit and also yeah letting them do whatever they want I mean we've said this a million times when it comes to creators but it really genuinely works and you just kind of have to like trust the process in that way um but yeah it's different. Working with the creator is different from like create. Like Duolingo is so good at creating their own brand on in the space and like Ryanair, and they also work with creators. But I think um, you don't even have to create your own crazy voice if you're partnering with certain creators who are going to help you that part out for your company. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing. But I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. And, like, what do you think about that, Emmy? Like, what do you think brands need to be doing more of? Well, as Sammy was talking about kind of, like, letting creators take, like, full creative reign, I was thinking about how (laughs) I saw this idea on TikTok yesterday that I really want to try out with, like, the game Guess Who, but it's, like, only subjective (laughs) answers. 
So oh, Emmy, like, I love that. We should play. Yes, we have to play. Um, but like if I'm playing with Sammy, for example, and I ask her like, is this person the one to cut you in line at Starbucks? And like, you're just basing that off of like the appearance of like a little animation. <laughs> but um, I, I was just like, oh, wow. Like Hasbro should definitely like get on that. And like all of these old companies that are like board games or just offline activities should be thinking about how to reach creators. I feel like this year is going to be so much about like offline connection and Mm -hmm. like sober activities and turning that into not something that's just like healthy. Like that's also fun. Not to, I feel like I sound like a dare representative, but like, it's just, I just think that people <laughs> no, I love are like this. over, I think people are just over like going to clubs and going to dinner and like getting drinks and just doing the same things over and over again. They're realizing some, that it's not like some people are over it. <laughs> <laughs> what I you was say? just kidding. I said some people are over it. Some people. <laughs> Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, as the only activity. No, yeah. And I One thing I had on here, too, that I wanted to talk about is as my, like, Gen Z friend, and, yeah, I was going to ask you, I predicted that we're going to see more apps that focus on authenticity and, like, offline situations, like you're saying right now, um, like, be real, like, laps, because I feel like your generation is having this, not epiphany, but this thought that exactly what you're saying of, like, we need to live our lives more offline than online and we need to do things that are good for ourselves and we need to like, you know, do be cultivate connections that are not on the Internet because it's truly healthy and makes you feel better when you're connecting with people in person. And what I did love about social media back in the day was that it did foster this connection with people who maybe weren't necessarily near you, but absolutely nothing beats in-person connections. I'm wondering as the Gen Z girly here, <laughs> if you think, what you think of apps like Be Real and Laps, and if you think those things are gonna um, have kind of staying power in the future, if you think there's new apps that are gonna pop up that like kind of replicate that like let's be in the moment kind of thing, or if no app can do that at all and we just need to be in the moment and we just need to get off our phones completely. I feel like an app isn't going to be the thing to do that because it's like downloading an app, I feel like isn't enough. Like you kind of have to be in the right headspace where you're like, I'm really going to actively think about like how much time I spend on social media and whether I want that to change. And another thing that I noticed is like anytime that you've talked to a friend who was like, oh, I deleted like Instagram from my phone or like I deleted Snapchat, whatever, like I feel like it's kind of for Gen Z. I feel like when someone says that it feels like they're bragging and they're just like being annoying about it. I mean, obviously like don't announce on social media that you're taking a break from social media. Cause that's just like really annoying, but like, I feel like that's something that, well, it's like, that is that it should be obvious. Like literally no one cares, but um, if you, if you're going to say it publicly, but I feel like that should be one of those things this year where if someone's like, Oh, did you see what I DM'd you? And then I'm like, Oh, I haven't been on Instagram in a month. Like it shouldn't be like, oh, you're annoying. It should be like, good for you. I want to emulate that type of behavior. I, I literally forget where I was going with this, like, completely. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, it, since your generation wants these more authentic and real-life connections, I was asking if that's true and what you think about apps like Be Real and Laps who are trying to um, oh, focus yeah. more on, like, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like the culture just has like the apps don't really work. I feel like the culture of just like B 
being more excited for someone and supportive when you hear that they're setting boundaries with social media is actually what's going to change it. And I already see that happening. Um, and I think that like, yeah, I, I don't see, I don't know. I don't feel like be real is like the key to breaking social media addiction, but that's just me. Or not even breaking the addiction, but kind of not curating what you're posting online. I'm wondering how you feel about that too. Because my generation of Instagram, everything was very, very, very curated. Now we've kind of migrated to like the photo dumps and the blurry pictures and like um, it. it's like, supposed to be less curated but you're curating a less curated experience if that makes sense well things like Everyone be real and laps it's like oh you're supposed to take a picture right now whatever you're doing right now but you can still kind of fake it so I'm just wondering like do you think there's going to be this like yeah more of a movement towards that there's no such thing as like uncurated content that's mm. what I think true that's so true so if you want to so live true. an uncurated life, I feel like you, you just have to like, literally, there's no such thing, honestly. You have to isolate and cut off all like media, not even social media. But like, if you want to live a more uncurated life, I would say practice that offline. Because I think online, no matter what you do, like, unless you're just like, have a private account that only you're seeing, you are posting for an audience at the end of the day. You want people mm -hmm. to like, think about you and, and make judgments of you, even in an artistic way, if you're just like, I want you to think you to make a positive judgment on like what I'm trying to curate. Um, yeah. That's why I just don't feel like it exists. That's why I think that people are getting tired of just that back and forth even, and are just, I think going to opt for a lot um, like healthier levels of screen time. Yeah. And I'm wondering what brands are going to do. I mean, me posting on behalf of a brand <laughs> as well. But it is harder these days when everyone is um, opting for less curated content and trying to spend more time offline to kind of break through, either trying to break through that as a brand to get their attention or trying to fit in with that as a brand to make them still follow you and still want to consume the content. Um, and I'm conflicted about which one is the right thing to do right now, actually. I've been looking at a lot of brands and trying to see, like, what is going on. A lot of them are just trying to blend in right now. Like, mm -hmm. like you guys are wearing bows. We're going to put bows on everything. We're going to put bows on a Chipotle burrito. We're just like you, you know. You're going to do a photo jump. Like, we're a magazine, and we're going to post a photo jump of the photo shoot behind the scenes because, like, the actual magazine cover doesn't get as many likes and views. That's what I'm seeing now, and it's working, but I'm wondering how long it's going to keep working for. Yeah, because I feel like as the year goes on, people are going to be like, okay, like we're ready for something new, we're ready for something different, yeah. and your content's just going to blend in with it. And I feel like as these platforms and stuff change, like you said, they're going to start pushing out different types of content. So if you're already being like, okay, nobody's doing long form, let's jump on it, let's go ahead and do it you're already going to be ahead of the curve in that way. So I feel like now's the time for everybody to start trying new things. And you can't be scared of like, oh, what if nobody else is doing it or like mm -hmm. we're the only ones out here. Like you have to just try and do what sticks. And I feel like a lot of these brands and companies and accounts and creators, a lot of people like and follow, that's all they did for like a good six months. They're like, we're just trying what sticks. And I feel like you can't be too scared to yeah. try something new. You have to just kind yeah. of put your hand in well, the, see what works. the fun thing about social for anybody is that it changes constantly 
it doesn't last very long. Like your posts will soon get buried down. It's, I mean, it will last forever technically, but everything changes so quickly and everyone's consuming so much content that you have room to play around um, and you have the time, well, not the time because <laughs> no one who works in social has the time, but you have like the space and room to play. And if a post doesn't do well, it's just a post that doesn't do well and you'll post something again. You know, not all posts are going to be amazing. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen this year. There's a lot going on this year. And everybody, for the final question, what's everybody's tip for creators or brands on social for building community and, like, really making that engaging, like, conversation with their content? And we will start with you. No, um, I think that the number one tip on going on with this theme of, like, balancing, like, screen time, I feel like creators should find ways to interact with their followers offline and think about how to work with brands. Brands like in a similar vein, just figuring out how to get creators together on collabs or have like more pop-ups or something that isn't super like commercially driven about products, but is, you know, you, you integrate your brand into it, but is more about like social connection. Yeah. I was going to say, I think everything is about human connection, about, storytelling about um, just finding ways to support people and um, if that's through like literally connecting with them on something or teaching them something or entertainment in a way that's not harmful or annoying, (laughs) honestly, um, and providing some sort of value. And I feel like if you're posting things that provides value and that makes you super happy and that feels like it really is something that you would also consume yourself. I think that's the way to go. And I hope the internet can be like such a scary, scary place. And there's so much negativity on there. And there's so much people can really hide behind, you know, screen names and pages or whatever. But um, I do feel like it can be a beautiful, nice place. And it may it might start with people spending more time offline and then coming back online with a little bit more compassion. But I think we could all, yeah, connect in ways that are a little bit healthier for users, creators, and for brands as well. Um, but yeah, for brands especially, like every post you should you have should provide some sort of value, I think, for the consumer or they're not going to watch it and they shouldn't have to or click it, or like it, or share it, you know? Um, but yeah, let's make the internet a little bit better, guys. Live, laugh, laugh, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel love, like, love. Well, Colin, just yes, to cut Emmy. you off, um, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> go, Emmy, go. No, I feel like the whole, like, Marie Kondo, does it spark joy? Like, I know it's kind of an outdated, like, reference, but I feel like because on like unwellness influencers were such a big thing in like 2022, 2023, there's going to be this other um, surge of content. That's like, why am I listening to you? Like eat chips in your bed, talking about depression. Like that doesn't actually help me, but I want to work on my mental health. So like, maybe I can hear some commentary from a therapist on TikTok or someone that's like talking about something they learned in therapy so or just like entertainment content or whatever so i feel like the whole like people are going to be using social media for for education as well but like it's a tool to spark joy as well yeah and i think for people's feeds it is important what you consume becomes 
what you think and who you are and how you behave. And um, I think it's important to be intentional with the friends that you know personally, the brands that you follow, the creators that you follow, like consuming contents like feeding your brain. So to be be more intentional and that does put a lot of pressure on brands and creators and you will find your niche, you know, of like who wants to consume this content. Like Adweek's great because people who are really in the advertising and marketing industry and want to improve at their jobs or you're just like curious about what's happening in the marketing world, I know those are the people who are going to follow us and hopefully we can like teach them something and help inform them. And, you know, we're holding our reporters are like great at holding other companies accountable and like doing investigative journalism and things like that. And we also sometimes will have, you know, celebrities who have their brands and you get to learn about that. Like, I know that's the angle we're going on and that's the people that we're finding. And hopefully when they Marie Kondo tidy up their feeds, they're like, oh, this is providing some sort of value. Obviously, I'm very biased here because I'm running the pages. But um, I agree with Emmy. Like, you need to have that sort of mentality of, like, people are choosing to follow you for a reason, you know. And um, hopefully everyone can switch up who they're following so we can create a place that's, again, a little bit nicer. Wait, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. I know Colin's answer to this, but um, how do you Wait, know can you like guess Colin's answer? Um, you know the whole like grocery store rule about following people? No. <laughs> maybe that didn't us. reach your maybe that didn't reach your generation yet, but there's this rule. Oh, oh my gosh. god. Emmy. You know this is a sensitive time for me. <laughs> oh my god. This girl makes me feel old no. every single day. Go um, ahead. Explain. It's just it's just an ongoing bit. But um so like this this whole rule is that if you wouldn't say hi to this person at a grocery store, like you shouldn't be following them on Instagram, for example. Oh I'll say hi to literally people I don't know. (laughs) That's so scary. (laughs) But no, Emmy, I love that rule. I see what you mean to like help declutter who you're following on social media. Yeah. I mean, I'm the opposite. I don't, I like avoid eye contact with anyone I know in a place like a grocery store because it gives me anxiety, like having to like pick my produce, but just like the concept (laughs) of like, (laughs) just the concept of, would you, you know, stop and talk to them like offline? How does that work with, with creators and brands that you follow or, you know? Are you asking me if I would stop and talk to Glossier if I saw it at Trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah, like, or I'm just wondering how that pertains, like, when you get to the part of your following list, when there's, like, brands and creators, like, do you use a similar mentality of, like, will I pick up this product off the shelf, or is it, I'm so curious, or is it, like, oh, Glossier posts aesthetic things that I like to look at, or they're teaching me about skincare routines or something, like, how do you approach, or a creator, too, like, I'm wondering I feel like generally people are you personally. That. I feel like generally people already do that with brands because like you're not because brands aren't people they're inherently like not as interesting so you're not going to really follow a brand that you have like want nothing to do with. I feel like creators like I guess it's the same rule of of just like the personification of a brand like would you like want to chat with that person like the Duolingo girl for example. Um but I don't know that kind of like got me thinking like, do I need to be following these random people from high school or college? But at the same time, I feel like random gossip that doesn't have anything to do with your life is just like so mindless and fun. So I could also see the appeal of that. 
<laughs> Wait, just to circle back, what was the question you were originally going to ask us about the grocery store concept? And what was the answer that you thought Colin would give? Oh, well, the question was, do you agree with that rule? Like, was that is that something you would practice? And I know that Colin would say no, because I feel like Colin would just like follow like anything that moves. Uh, no, I actually, my feed is cluttered. <laughs> my feed is, mo- I don't really follow a lot of like actors and celebrities because I was, and it was becoming too overwhelming. Not that like, I was like feeling envious, Well, I fo- um, but it was just like, it was just too much. So I only follow like a few brands who like, I feel like everything they do, I really like everything they stand for. Um, creators it's like ones that I'm like okay they're they make me laugh or they really get insight like Coco Moco like she's really good insight mm-hmm. on like media trends so I'm like I always want her on my feed Taylor Swift anything she does I want on my feed <laughs> um Jacob Elordi anything he breathes I want on my <laughs> feed it's like there are certain people but I feel like it can't get to a point where it's just like a mess in it and that's how I felt for a while where it just wasn't making sense and it's like when I open up my social I wanted to either like you said like we said entertain give insight or provide some sort of value or make me feel good. Like there's certain creators that always are, well, word of the day, like there's one guy I follow, he has like a broadcast channel on Instagram and he puts like an affirmation for the day, Mm. every day at 7 a.m. where like, I know if I click on his content or look at it, it's gonna be something positive that like really jumpstarts the day. Or I also love Neil the Seal and Neil the Seal is gonna be causing chaos (laughs) in his town. And it's like, I want to laugh. I want to see what neighborhood Neil is, like, bothering being a seal. So it's, like, stuff like that. So, yeah. Colin, open up your Instagram and tell me how many people you're, how many people are you following? Yeah, share Not her exposing me in public. Yeah, let's see. Um, oh, my gosh. This is so nerve-wracking. I'm following 712. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> oh, my God. He's not lying. Okay. <laughs> what? Whoa, I'm actually really impressed by that. Yeah, I cleaned. I cleaned my You really feet, cleaned. But... Especially, yeah. yeah, I hope I made the cut. <laughs> Obviously, you're on I'm here. just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then just so you, to plug his own Instagram, plug because he also has like 14,000 followers, so I thought you'd be following uh, a lot more. No, because like for me, it's like I don't like clutter. It's like I don't like. Yeah, yeah. I don't like clutter. I and... thought I was going to catch you in a bit of a, <laughs> you know. Sc- not her trying to catch me in a scandal. No. But no, it's like, because I, I did. I used to follow like. 2,000, 3,000 people. And then I was going through it one day and I was like, literally, why am I following so-and-so's grandma or such and such creator that like I don't even really like yeah. that I saw them in one clap video and like why am I following them? And I'm going to so go through, through and unfollow because I follow so many people for no it Because that's like for me, it's just like when I get on there, I want it. I also don't have the attention span to be on here for like hours and scroll, but it's like if I'm getting on there to scroll for like 15 minutes, I want to see like a cooking video or I want to see like somebody give me insight or I want to see like an announcement for new music or something like I don't want to just see random people like you said from high school or middle school or whatever just like I don't care like mm-hmm. I want to I'd rather see um, like so I did notice that you unfollowed me last week was that an accident uh, not her she's lying. <laughs> she's lying I was <laughs> 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 like no, but there's also, do you guys remember that time where people were, like, would only follow, like, a certain amount? Oh, I don't like, do that, yeah. I remember I was with, I had a friend like that, and I was somewhere, and they were, like, oh, I'm following, like, what, they were, like, we're over by, like, three people, and literally in front of us, they were, like, sorry, guys. No You way. all have my number. You can just get in touch with me that way. 
That is so crazy. And I was one just thing, like, it's not that serious. One thing I have to say from working in social, and I post maybe like 50 times a day across platforms for my company, not on my personal account. It's made me so desensitized that I don't overthink posting on my personal my personal accounts are all private, by the way, so it's less <laughs> it's less scary, I'm sure. But, like, I have friends, yeah, who really are thinking a lot about their presence. And for me, I'm sure I do think about it a lot. Obviously, like, I have to be. But I'm not, like, scared to click post or, like, you know what I mean? Like, on my Instagram stories, I'm just like, oh, yeah. like, post, 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 post. Like, I'm not, like, overthinking it because I think I'm so desensitized from posting or, like, the followers or whatever. I'm like, oh, whatever. And it's all private, so I'm, I'm like, I'm like not, you know. But I feel like no one's people also me. do that now. People are like, well, I went on this cool vacation. Should I post this? I'm like, it's, you're, like, I don't know. Like, I'm like that too where it's like, after COVID, I'm like, honestly, live your life. Post yeah, what you want to do. Like, why want. are you thinking that hard? Like, you survive. If it makes you happy, just go for yeah. it. And people who don't like it, they'll just unfollow. And yeah. that's totally and I'm fine. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. It's not personal, as you said. There's more sea otters in the sea. Yeah. More seals. seals. Why are you talking about seals? Neil the seal. <laughs> Everybody should be following Neil the seal. I love him. <laughs> All right, Emmy, thank you for being here. Sammy, thank you for being here. And, Causing chaos and all the in between. We love to see it. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Emmy. Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.